University's The Panther. I'm Abby Little, and you're listening to The Panther Pod. In 2013, in an effort to compete with other television networks like HBO and NBC, streaming giant Netflix released a show called House of Cards, which went on to change the landscape of digital online content and what we now know as binge-watching. As far back as television is gone, TV shows have come out on scheduled releases, where viewers usually have to wait a week for the next installment of their favorite shows. But today, I'm sitting down to thoroughly examine all of the top streaming services today and to compare their release strategies, whether or not they release on a staggered schedule or all at once, while also comparing it to the history of weekly installments in the past. The streaming services I will be discussing in this episode are as follows, Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Paramount+, and Apple TV. There are obviously a lot more platforms out there, but generally these are the ones that I found to be the most popular online with usually the highest subscriber counts. And I happen to have access to all of these different platforms, so I feel the most qualified to talk about these as I have experience with all of them. But anyway, let's get on with it. We're gonna start with Netflix because Netflix is the obvious place to start. Netflix is the OG for me. I've had this streaming service the longest, and it's the one I always go to first when I'm in the mood to watch something. Netflix has the highest subscriber count out of all the streaming services that I'll be discussing today, with 222 million paying subscribers. Starting at $9.99 a month, subscribers have access to Netflix original content as well as other titles that they regularly acquire. They started releasing Netflix originals in 2013 and became a pioneer of the, what I call, release a whole season at once strategy, which they have used quite effectively. House of Cards was their first release, as I mentioned in the little intro we had, and ever since they've been making a lot of original content that has turned a lot of heads and made a lot of waves in social media platforms. The majority of the streaming services I'll be discussing later on mostly favor the staggered release with their original TV shows. When I was doing the initial research for this podcast, I thought there would be a lot more platforms that just favor the release all at once strategy, but it's mainly Netflix that does that regularly. Like, I'll mention it later, like some platforms do release some seasons all at once, like original television shows on their streaming site. But Netflix is really the only standout who regularly uses that strategy over the staggered release, which I found very interesting and I didn't expect. But of course, Netflix does use the staggered release sometimes. Shows like The Circle, which is a reality TV show, I remember that coming out staggered, usually with three or four episodes once a week. I was going to suggest that they do this for most reality television shows, but they released Too Hot to Handle all at once. So I really don't know to Netflix what constitutes a staggered or a all at once release, but it clearly isn't like the genre of the television show itself because The Circle and Too Hot to Handle are both reality television shows, but one came out all at once and one was staggered. So I don't really know what their decision-making goal is there. As for the full season releases, Netflix has experienced great success with this strategy, most recently with the global sensation Squid Game. Not only did Squid Game become the most streamed original Netflix series since it was released in September of 2021, but its grip on pop culture and social media was immediately felt and is still felt to this day. I mean, if you were scrolling through any Dodge Kids Instagram story last Monday, you know exactly how impactful this series has become in such a short amount of time. Speaking of Chapman specifically, Stranger Things is another Netflix show that despite releasing its first three seasons all at once, 
is still the fourth most watched series on the platform, with a two-part fourth season on the way. So while subscribers may not be actively logging in every Sunday to watch the next installment of the newest television craze, the numbers speak for themselves when these fully released seasons are outperforming staggered releases by huge margins. Ted Sarandos, the chief content officer at Netflix, said it best himself that, quote, Customers have spoken loud and clear that they really, really like the all-in-one model. Now let's compare this to some of the other streaming services. To keep some kind of order here, I'm going to go by subscriber count. So the next highest streaming service with 175 million subscribers is Amazon Prime Video. This large number comes from Jeff Bezos, where he declared that of those with existing Amazon Prime subscriptions, over 175 million of them have watched content through Amazon Prime Video at least one time. So take that number as you will. With shows like Fleabag, Vikings, and The Boys, it offers its own range of original television series, all with staggered releases. Most notably is Wheel of Time, based off of the beloved book series of the same name, that racked in over 1.6 billion views during its debut week. Now, I can't account for how many people logged on at the exact moment the television show dropped, but within the first week, when only one episode was available, and it getting 1.6 billion views, I can't even fathom that. Like, that is so many people watching. <laughs> but then again, Wheel of Time is in its second season, and so that was an already established television show. From what I could find on the internet, no other first season that I could find performed to such the same level as that second season of Wheel of Time did. I'm kind of just comparing it to Netflix's Squid Games at this point because Squid Game was first time release and literally within the first month it was everywhere. So maybe that's not a good comparison because it's kind of an outlier, but it's kind of inevitable for me to not mention at this point. Next up is Disney Plus. Considering that I bought this service in my freshman dorm room the minute it dropped in 2019, I think it's safe to say that I may be a bit biased when I say that Disney Plus is a really great streaming service. With 118 million subscribers paying $7.99 a month, Disney Plus is home to all the new Marvel and Star Wars series that are probably clogging up your Twitter feed at any given moment. Most notably of these television shows are Loki, The Mandalorian, and WandaVision, which were some of the most streamed original series in 2021 for the platform. All of these shows shows have followed the weekly release format. Disney Plus is actually a little bit unique here. Historically, a television show is going to release its first episode one night, you come back the next week and it's the second episode. But Disney Plus is really smart in that they release an episode or two to get you kind of familiar with the characters, with the plot, more than just the first episode, because sometimes the first episode isn't the best representation of what the show is going to be. Because, you know, you're setting up the plot, you're establishing the characters. When you get two episodes in, you kind of get a feel for what's going on. And from there, you can make the decision if you want to continue or not. And Disney Plus is really smart because this is how they release all their series. I remember vividly when WandaVision dropped, they released the first two episodes, and then the following week they released one episode and they continued that format going on, which I think is really smart. And as someone who stayed up till midnight to watch all of these new releases, I vividly remember how on the finale night of WandaVision, it literally crashed the streaming service. So while I couldn't find a definitive number anywhere from Disney Plus as they weren't providing it, I can definitively say that a lot of people were on the streaming service at the time of the episode's release, which for me on the West Coast was at 12 a.m. I was literally sitting in my living room at the time, 12.30, and I kept refreshing the television because the 
site was not working, which I can only account to so many people also logging on at the same exact time to also watch it, which is a true testament to the online streaming services. You know, back in the day, there was a specific time that you would have to sit down and go to the television and watch your show. Whereas now, if you are streaming online content, you don't necessarily have to sit down at the exact time it releases because it will still be there for you later. I mean, if you recorded it, then sure, but before recordings were available, you had to be there at that exact time or else you wouldn't know what happened. So the fact that WandaVision, a show where it will be there for you in the morning when you wake up, you're not gonna miss it if you don't watch it at the midnight release. The fact that so many people were up at midnight to watch the finale of this show is a testament to just how well streaming services are doing and how it really isn't all that different than what it was in the past. I mean, it's a little different in that people are staying up to really, really late hours to watch these releases. But you get what I mean in that people are actively going on the site at a specific time, just like people used to go and sit in front of their televisions at a specific time to watch a show that they are anticipating. Next up on our list is HBO Max. Now I wanna make this distinction right here right now. HBO has been around for a long time. HBO was established in 1972 and was a channel you could buy that was premium. So if you had a television, you had to buy a subscription to HBO if you wanted to access its content. Now HBO Max is what I'm referring to here. HBO Max is the online streaming service that releases original content. You might know Euphoria. That has been one of their biggest series recently and is also another testament to how people will log on at a specific time, 9 p.m. every Sunday night just to get their fix of Euphoria. HBO Max has 73.8 million subscribers with plans ranging from $9.99 a month with ads and $14.99 a month without ads. But yeah, I can kind of say the same thing with HBO Max here in that, you know, Euphoria, people were logging on to HBO Max at 9 p.m. every Sunday night to get their fix of Euphoria, even though you could wait realistically until the following Monday or the following Tuesday and watch it whenever you want. But no, people were actively logging in at 9 p.m. at night to get the episode at the exact time it releases, which is a true testament to how well these streaming services are utilizing the staggered release method and are still following suit with history and not favoring the Netflix method. I mean, they both work in different successful ways to each their own, you know, but it is interesting to see how these other platforms are preferring the staggered release, whereas Netflix typically doesn't. Next up, Hulu. Now Hulu is a bit unique in this situation in that they release episodes that are usually aired on network television and have them released on their platform the day later to watch. Now this episode, I'm mainly just talking about original series content from these platforms, but I feel like adding into the conversation that Hulu does this is also kind of funny because network television is the same way in that you have to be on at a certain time to watch the episode, but Hulu has this function where you can watch that missed episode the next day on their platform. I don't know, it's kind of funny, semi-related, not really. But with 40.9 million subscribers, their payment plans start at $6.99 a month with ads or $12.99 a month with no ads. They host many original series from The Handmaid's Tale, Little Fires Everywhere, Pen15, just to name a few. And Hulu advertises that its original television series release weekly. But some shows like Dollface had its entire second season release all at once. So again, I'm not exactly sure what constitutes some shows to be released weekly and some all at once, but Hulu also has this quirk that Netflix kind of has as well. Moving on to another streaming service that only released last year in 2021 is Paramount Plus. 
Personally, I really like Paramount Plus. I feel like it's making a mark in the streaming world and it already has 32.8 million subscribers and it starts as low as $4.99 a month with ads or $9.99 a month without ads. If you're a Trekkie, AKA a huge fan of Star Trek, Paramount Plus is going to be your go-to place because it is home to Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Lower Decks, now that I'm thinking about it. It has a lot of original Star Trek content. I feel like any person who is a Trekkie who's listening probably already knows this and this is redundant, but get on there if you like Star Trek content. They also have other original shows like Seal Team and the iCarly Nickelodeon reboot. And according to the platform itself, Star Trek Discovery is its most viewed original series. But again, none of these streaming services wanted to provide me with actual numbers. So it's really hard for me to compare any statistics between any of these streaming services. I'm just having to take their word. I mean, I take their word that Star Trek is the most streamed series. It's just that I don't know the margins to compare it to the other streaming services. And I totally bet that's on purpose, but it's making my job really hard. <laughs> With Paramount Plus, I feel like their weekly releases don't have as much of a social impact as say Disney Plus's or HBO Max's have, but they are still there nonetheless. One platform that I didn't expect to be so amazing, but happens to be one of my personal favorites on this list is Apple TV. I know I said Netflix was my go-to platform and Disney Plus has a special place in my heart for housing all of my favorite entertainment companies like Disney and Pixar and Marvel and the list goes on, but Apple TV is low-key killing it with its original TV shows. From Ted Lasso, The Morning Show, to Severance, which is currently still releasing episodes, all of their shows are so well done and I highly recommend all of them. With only 20 million subscribers, the service is available for only $4.99 a month, which is honestly a really good steal if you ask me. Unfortunately, Apple TV also does not release the definitive viewership numbers that I was hoping that they would, but some things of note that I can mention is that during its initial release, season two of Ted Lasso was the second highest streamed TV show, falling short of Disney Plus's Loki at the time. And for a streaming service with significantly lower subscribers than all the other ones previously mentioned, having the second highest viewership on an original series seems pretty monumental to me. And maybe it's just the spheres I'm in, but I feel like I've heard so much about Ted Lasso only for Apple TV to have 20 million subscribers. When I barely hear anyone talking about the shows on Paramount Plus, but they have more subscribers. So maybe that's my own personal biases coming in, like with the people I talk to. And that's the end of my list. Personally, even though I love a good binge watch, I find it more rewarding to watch shows as they release week by week, rather than them being released all at once. From the viewer perspective, if it's a show that I'm not super invested in, I often tend to forget what I watched if I end up binging it over the course of a day or a week. And so if another season rolls around a couple years later, I feel like I've forgotten everything leading up to it. And if you are excited for a release, but you don't have the ability to watch it in its entirety the minute it drops, you're then at risk of spoilers or are left out of the conversations surrounding the show until you're able to catch up and watch all of it at once. And with these shows that release all at once, they kind of come with this fleeting nature where you might finally get around to it one day, but then the internet or all your social groups have moved on from the conversation and it kind of just feels like you're not a part of anything anymore. Whereas when Euphoria was being released, you could watch the one episode or maybe you missed it, but you can still be active in the conversation because it is a week long extended event. You know, the season's releasing over the course of three different months. So you're able to engage in that conversation over the course of that long amount of time while still being able to catch up at a reasonable pace at only an episode a week. But yeah, that's all I have for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed listening to this really 
fun and hopefully interesting conversation that I had with myself. I enjoyed myself. I hope you enjoyed listening. If you want to continue the conversation elsewhere, feel free to follow the Panther at Panther Newspaper on Instagram. And with that, I'm Abby Little, and this has been the Panther Pod. <laughs>